Hello and welcome to How Many Geese. I'm Jack Baddams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're after a nature podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously, then we are the natural selection. On today's show, have you ever had a frog scream at you? No. Oh. What, what are you doing to it? I, well... What animal would you be the least shocked to find out are actually an alien race? I'm in the sea. Yep. Mm. I'm in the deep sea. <laughs> Nature's mistake book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all the Vintrongs you've knocked off before you've fallen in yeah. are there to seek their revenge. So I think we should start by addressing the elephant in the room. Oh, my God. Right? <laughs> you can tell this is prepared. Because for the first time ever on How Many Geese, we are joined by a guest. Hello, Lou Hopper. Hello, thanks for having me. No problem. Thank you very much for being here. Now... Would you like to tell our dear listeners a little bit about yourself? I am a tattoo artist currently based in Brighton, uh, originally from Devon. And outside of tattooing and travel, wildlife is a huge interest of mine. And uh, for the benefit of your listeners, I should probably explain I bullied my way on here. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So what happened is about half halfway through was releasing the first batch of episodes. Uh, I got a very nice message from you on Instagram just asking if you could come on and have a chat. Yeah, uh, I was fangirling yeah. straight away. I, do, I loved what you guys were doing, so well, why don't you be involved? So, we, yeah, so we checked out, as it's customary and nowadays, um, checked out your social media and everything, and you make amazing art of animals on people's bodies, and it seems like there's quite a lot of animal stuff yeah, in there. Yeah, I'm definitely influenced by a lot of my own personal likes yeah. <laughs> in my work, so it's quite nice. I've been tattooing for long enough now and putting out enough... Um, of the stuff that I particularly prefer that it just sort of invites more of the same back. So you can probably tell from looking through my portfolio, I'm big into animals and plants. I've been lucky to do some like really unusual animal requests, which I've really okay, loved. Okay, so like, what kind of obscure ones are we talking about? Uh, axolotls, pangolins. Yeah. Um, yep. I got given free reign to do an animal sleeve and decided to base it on a species from the Galapagos. So I got to do like Darwin's fish and That's a load of the things really from there. Cool. That's yeah, cool. so when somebody says to me, like, animal or botanical, free reign, I, I get a little overexcited. That's amazing. <laughs> So do you get that quite a lot? Do people just... Once I've had clients coming to me for a little while and they we've kind of built up a bit yeah. of a working relationship and they've got like the trust there, they know that they can just say, I want this, do your thing. Yeah. Then, yeah, it's, it's kind of getting more and more regular that that starts to happen. Thank God, gone are the days of having to do like cover-ups on exes' names. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and not gone are the days, but they're not yeah. as regular yeah, as Now you're covering them up with Darwin's finches. Yeah, yeah, way rather better. Than Actually, you just reminded me of a fun one. Like one of my uh, best friends from uh, like extra from years and years ago. Uh, he had a bit of a messy divorce and uh, decided to cover up his now ex-wife's name on his hip with a slug. <laughs> so, oh. so a little bit okay. of a uh, a little dig. Of, yeah, little one. What are the most popular animals? Ooh. Oh, hang on. Can I? I bet guess? you can guess. A hundred percent, I reckon you can guess. Birds, like birds flying. Seen that a lot, I think. People's pets. Pretty mm. safe choice. Dogs and cats. I, I've never met anyone with a tattoo of their own pet. <laughs> I was going more down the lines of wolves and bears oh, yeah. and that sort of people. Big cats. People being like, 
definitely with the big cats. I, I'd say you're right. It's mostly lions and like birds of different kinds, really. Yeah. But it, it seems to be a lot of people who kind of want a tattoo, but they don't really know what they want. So they'll have a look on Google and and sort of pick the first sort of stuff that they like. And a lot of people tend to go for like the classics. So. Yeah. Elephants, big cats, mm. like mm. strong, impressive, roughy, tufty animals. It's all about that. Tufty animals. Tufty animals. Yeah. Is there any animal that you haven't tattooed? Are you like God? I really want to do a shoe bill. Oh my God! Yeah, there's a huge list. Oh, I yeah? would say, yeah. like, definitely. I'd love to do more of my own favorite animals. Uh, so Which I think are? we already yeah. mentioned. Like, I've, I've got to do a penguin tattoo before already, but they're up there. Yeah. I think yeah. you mentioned we, that it was like one of your favorites as it's well. Roddy, yeah, one of Roddy's. Uh, I, I hate yeah. them. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't really. That's, I can't stand. Them. No, um, yeah, you're a big fan of penguins, aren't you? Huge uh, fan. But you did say you could kill. I think about eight in a paddling pool. Well, you know, <laughs> the rules of the game are the rules of the game. I'd love to do more bird pieces, and one of my absolute favourites is the Hoatzin. Oh, uh, yeah. nice. I love talking. the fact that like they're just the closest living relative yeah. to so know, the flying ho- dinosaurs. Yeah, These, this is a great shout. Very so cool. The, the Hoatzin, for listeners, is a bird that lives in kind of South America and is... I don't really know how to describe this bird, but it's fairly big and it's only eats leaves. It smells horrendous. <laughs> it's called the stink bird in lots of local languages. And its young, in particular, have these hooks, these claws that come off of where, if you imagine a bird's wing, where its kind of shoulder would be. And they use that to climb around the, uh, the vegetation. When you look at one of those chicks, it's the closest thing you can see to the fact that birds are direct descendants from dinosaurs. So a Hoatzin is a great shout. Yeah. That would be an amazing tattoo. It's a good crossover for like my love of birds and yeah. of dinosaurs. <laughs> Are there any animals you're sick of tattooing? Um, if you have to do another portrait of a lion on y- you some know what? third level boxer, As... you're just gonna <laughs> absolutely lose it. You know what? As amazing as they are as animals I I think I could tattoo a lion with my eyes closed now and it would be nice to do something a little bit more unusual like oh my god there's so many beautiful big and small cats out there mm. it would be great to have like a civet or a serval or an like ocelot. something yeah. yeah how do you titivate an ocelot I, 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 I don't know is that a qu- do you oscillate its titlot <laughs> <laughs> I was not ready for that. <laughs> Have you ever had to tattoo a boxer onto a lion? <laughs> <laughs> not so far. Big Keith from Accounting the State on Mufasa. <laughs> what do you think would be the hardest animal to tattoo? Ooh. As in, to Just to clarify. This is a double prong. It's a two-part okay. question. Yeah. yeah. Okay. However you were thinking it might be, it's also going to be the other one yeah. of that question. So the, oh, <laughs> oh, I like this. I like so this we want one. the hardest animal for you to tattoo on a human. A human. So that's the first part. What, uh, makes, what makes them difficult? Is it little details? As long as you've got enough, uh, like space on the body to do the image at the right size you can actually get loads of detail in so I wouldn't 
say there would be anything, animal or insect or otherwise, mm-hmm. that would be too complicated to tattoo as long as you had enough space on human body to do it. Because I've seen people with, like, the back of their hand and they yes. have, like, a lion or something on the back. Yeah. Is that enough space to do a portrait? Or that... when does it become, like, oh, thank God I've got enough space to get the detail or in? For, for a decent-style portrait, it's always nice to have... Uh, about hand size or larger. Okay. And I know everyone's hands are slightly different sizes, but as a, as a rough kind of guide, hand size or larger is always best for a portrait. Okay. You can do them smaller, but then over time they don't age as well and you lose some of the detail as the body starts to break down the pigments. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, bigger is always better for detail. Okay, so so long as we've got a hand size, yep. there's no Nothing. animal which is going to be too hard to do. Mm-hmm. Now the other part of the question. <laughs> What's going to be the hardest animal to do a tattoo on? I mean, I would imagine anything so, that can fight back. So, <laughs> so let's, well, I think we've got to clarify this a bit more. As the animal willingly walked into the tattoo parlour yep. and gone, I'm here for, <laughs> for a tattoo of a human's face. Or what, has Lou been walked into a tent and someone's uh, like, and someone's, see that over there? Yeah, <laughs> tattoo it. Well, because I think if the animal's willing... <laughs> I've got a, a next part to the question. Oh, my God. There's so many layers. There okay. are layers, yeah. Go on then. So if the animal's willing, does the thickness of the skin... Because mm. if you had, like, Ooh, a good rat... good question. It's probably got... I'm guessing... You'd well, go through it. Yeah. <laughs> but if it's an elephant, are you going to need, like, a hammer and a chisel? To <laughs> yeah. I, I would assume an elephant would be really hard to yeah. tattoo. And, yeah, you'd probably kill a mouse. Yeah, I <laughs> think with, with, like, a hippo, you just need to gouge out the shape and then fire a paintball gun at it to, <laughs> to fill, in, <laughs> fill in the gaps. Okay. So that's if it's willing, there's a, there's a skin question. And if it's unwilling... What do we think? It comes down to subduing it. You've got to keep it still. Yeah, you need to be stronger than said animal. So I think this goes back to the question that we once had about the biggest animal you could carry in tape to a lamppost. <laughs> yeah. Which is... A the, baby giraffe. It, yeah, it was yeah. a baby, baby giraffe. giraffe. <laughs> She's um, a fan. <laughs> <laughs> it was... Um, so, yeah, you would, need it to be, you would need it to be of a size that you could safely hold it down. I reckon an unwilling piglet would be the easiest uh-huh. for two reasons. One, you could hold it, and two, you don't have to shave it. Or you could hog-tie it. You oh. could hog-tie it, yeah. But it's still just a one-step process, because anything else you're going to have to shave, subdue, shave, then tattoo. Pigs, it's just subdue tattoo. <laughs> or yeah. a naked mole wrap. I think you're going to kill it. Oh, that would be so much harder, because the skin's so stretchy. Mm. It'd yeah. be like trying to tattoo an elbow that won't stay still. Like, you need to you have to stretch the corners out. Stretch it out to hand size. Do you, you to like really... peg it out like a tent. Yeah. <laughs> like get all this like, like guy ropes. Yeah. <laughs> Do your really detailed portrait and then unpin it and it snaps back yeah, to like... Yeah, but then the, the image would be all warped. You can't see it. Like, It'd be like a really detailed postage stamp, like a, a painted sausage. None of its <laughs> friends would ever see it though. That's a very good That's point. A shame. We're not can't see live underground. But he well, also wouldn't have to worry if no one liked it. No one liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, if, if was, I get it a bit wrong, yeah, <laughs> that's a mistake. Get... I would just tattoo like never stop believing, but wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no regrets, only memories. Yeah, no regrets. <laughs> yeah, no regrets. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have to worry about um, getting it fixed or anything. So advantages to being a mole rat with a tattoo. Mm. 
I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, a, ta- talking about pangolins, tattooing onto a pangolin would be impossible. Yep. Ooh. Same with armadillos. Ooh, you, yeah. c- you could get it in the scales, and I probably wouldn't oh, feel you? so bad doing it because, in theory, that wouldn't hurt it. As you, well. Can you tattoo into the into You the can scales? tattoo over nails. So anything oh, like hello. keratin, as long as you don't go too deep and go right through into the skin underneath, you can you can put shallow ones in, say, like oh. nails. Uh, you have Whoa. to be really controlled and careful. So you could tattoo into a pangolin? You could. Mm, I didn't know that. I'm trying to think of like now rattling through what else has got keratin. A so rhino, rhino horn. Horns, but they yeah. do do, don't they, with rhino horns, don't they do like a version of where they dye it or something? Yeah, to make the ivory less valuable so they yeah. don't be poached so easily. And then, yeah, the rhinos could actually stylistically weigh in on that and be like, okay, we'll poison the horn, but also I want <laughs> Sheila. <laughs> Here we go. What tattoo would a rhino get? Ooh. It's got to be something sturdy. Yeah. It's not going to be a delicate flower, is it? Or maybe it would. Maybe maybe it's fed up with being like mm. the brute of the animal world and it just wants to look like a delicate little flower. Uh, yeah. Have like <laughs> tiny little birds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Mendy. Oh, I, it would be something African really, wouldn't it? It would be like beautiful patterns. Yeah. I do think it's a love heart with Sheila in it. Yeah. I, <laughs> that I, yeah that. That's what I see. That's, that's like the rhino's vibe all over. A couple of weeks ago, I saw an amazing tattoo on someone's leg of a raven. Are crows tattooed quite a lot? Yeah, they're really good for cover-ups actually because they're they're, they're so quite black. dark. You can use them to hide a lot of stuff. And why do people why do people want crows? I think they're because they're one of the more sort of common and obvious birds right. in the UK. Like people have a lot of memories of them from their childhood and yeah. generally they mean something to everyone for one reason or another yeah. so um, I'm guessing for you guys as well you can look back into like childhood and you'll have specific memories linked to specific mm-hmm. birds or animals in general oh, yeah. I thought you were going to say memories linked to crows, crows. I would yeah. like <laughs> oh. I have any crow based memories oh, no? I have um, like some pretty good memories uh, kind of from childhood I had a not a pet jackdaw, but a jackdaw that decided to adopt me and my sister when we were kids. It was, it was wild and with a flock of his own. But he used to kind of spiral down out of the flock every morning and evening to just come and hang out with me and my sister. So I presume he was hand reared at some point mm. and then released, mm. and um, still just like the company of people. So that was really cool like special experience for me yeah. when I was little. So if anyone has anything even slightly similar to that with their own bird or animals, I imagine like, yeah, there's there's always something personal behind yeah. the choices yeah. that people intend You said as well just then that people get maybe crows because they see a lot of them. <laughs> that also though suggests that the most popular bird would be pigeons. So how many, <laughs> have you ever tattooed a pigeon? How many pigeon tattoos? Yeah. yeah. Have you? I, I have. I, I absolutely love pigeons and chickens. <laughs> so I've, I think I've definitely done about three within the last year, even despite lockdown. Oh. That's pigeons, not chickens. Yeah. <laughs> catching pigeons um, and tattooing yeah. them. Oh my so God. But yeah, like funnily enough, they actually do get requested fairly often. I think once again, because they're like uh they're sort of silly, aren't they? Yeah. They're like they're just kind of stupid they birds. Stupid. But they hold a really special place in my heart because of that they're as well. Great. Just like dumb animals mm. hold a special place in my heart. The reason I asked about crows is because we were talking about some of the most popular ones and they're all like the big, strong, 
I want to harness the essence of a lion <laughs> and put it on my chest, arm, whatever. Yeah. So I was wondering, like, what other animals people want to kind of like embody and so their you characteristics? Could take the power of that animal. So, so it's like your yeah, spirit animal right. that you yeah. can carry with so you. So like crows, this guy had this massive raven, and I didn't go into it. I didn't ask him why. I just thought it was really cool. And I know they're obviously associated with so much kind of mythology and all that sort of stuff, but they're also incredibly intelligent. I wondered if there was any other animals that people like. I'm getting this animal because it embodies X characteristic. Yes. Yeah. So people will tend to, and it's funny you should say about crows being really intelligent, um, because a lot of the time people will pick owls to simplify uh, that instead. Right. I think that's just because of the stereotypes yeah. attached to them as well. I just want to make well. clear, as the ornithological representative of this room, owls are fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind <laughs> of an accurate choice. But... Like, the reason we think owls are clever is because they've got faces that look a bit like people. <laughs> they've got a big round face, they've got two eyes that face forward, they've got a tiny little stupid beak that looks like a nose, and they look pretty cute and they look like people. That's why I think potato smileys are so wise. <laughs> <laughs> But the problem with owls is their, their eyes are so big that if I... This is not going to work very well for listeners. I can look at Roddy, who's straight ahead of me, and then I can look left without moving my head to Lou because I can move my eyes around in their socket. Owls' eyes are so big that they can't do that. So they have to move their whole head. That's why they've evolved head. to move their entire head around. But their eyes are so big that there is not much space in there for much of a brain. <laughs> and if an owl had the equivalent muscles to move its eyes that we do within our sockets, then it'd be like eight times the size of its head. So they have these stupid tiny little brains. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like I've got a vendetta against owls. I don't. I just think they um, yeah, mistakenly get... Whereas the crows... Totally outsmart them. crows are incredible. If crows and rhinos and elephants and lions are at one end of symbolism, have you ever had someone be like, I really want... Oh, you mentioned the slug for the cover-up, but, like, I really want a daddy long legs tattooed on me. You know, something really just useless. Oh, <laughs> I, d I get, like, requests oh, yeah. for absolutely everything, and I love mm. bugs as well, so mm. I'm so happy if I ever get a request like that. I'd really love to do, like, a whip scorpion or something like oh. that. And uh, I think one of the more fun things I've had... A request for within the last year or so was like water bear, um, oh. and like I, I really like um, sort of like scientific illustration and yes. stuff as well. So anything microscopic that can yeah. come in under that as well is yeah. is perfect. <laughs> can we explain what a water bear is? Tardigrade. Tardigrade. Yeah. Go for it. So it is a very 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 tiny microscopic, I would mm. say, organism. But it's one of the simplest, oldest forms of life ever found on Earth. And when you look at them under a microscope up close they resemble tiny tiny little opaque almost see-through bears yeah. yeah and they're really really cute but they're so tiny most people would never ever see them or know they existed and they are so hardcore they can surviving frozen in ice for millions of years yeah. we've sent them into space to see if it would kill them yeah. and brought them back and it didn't they survived uh, they are hardy hardy they little are. things and really interesting more people should know about them yeah day I have to fight one of them is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably the end of that segment to be honest because I think that'll be it we yeah. retire it completely oh random question hmm. I was going to ask because I've I'm already familiar that pangolins are favourite animal, but what are other favourite animals for you guys? Because I get asked this all the time at work when I'm talking about 
kind yeah. of animals with my clients and stuff. And I really struggled to narrow this down. So for me, the best animal in the world oh, is... Oh, wait. A, I mean, it's going to be a bird. It's a bird. All, <laughs> right, so all birds are better than everything else. Even the worst bird is better than, say, the best mammal. That's fact. It's a huge statement he makes because then you remind him about cormorants, which yeah. are a bird that lives underwater but isn't waterproof. Yeah, and orca, and then orca exist, which yeah. I'm very partial to an orca. But my favourite bird, therefore, ergo, my favourite animal is a swift. Oh, yeah. So, big fan of a swift. Why? Basically, it's the epitome of what it means to be a bird. It's decided it doesn't need to touch the ground anymore, and so doesn't in its entire life. Just lives on the wing. Will never touch the ground. Its feet are so tiny that its Latin name, Apus Apus, means no feet, because they thought, well, it's probably got no feet. Just spends all the time (laughs) up there. Its legs are so small that it can't generate lift off the floor, and its wings are so swept back for kind of gliding around that if a swift touches the floor it can't generate the lift that it needs to get off. So if it ever touches the ground, it is fucked and it can't, it just can't get up again. But it doesn't need to worry about touching the ground because they are absolute masters in the air. And swifts, if you are, well, depending on where you're listening to this, likelihood is you've got a swift species somewhere near you because they have them all across the world uh, and they're really sickle-shaped. And here in the UK, where we have common swift, they nest under the eaves of houses and the only time they do land on anything is when they'll scurry into under the eaves of houses lay their eggs raise the chicks and then when the chicks fledge for most birds let's say a pigeon or a robin when it fledges it will go like from its pick a bird yourself (laughs) from its little nest and it will flutter maybe i don't know 10 20 meters and then it'll be quite pleased that it's done its first flight a swift can't mess up because if it does, it's doomed. So it'll drop out of the eaves of a house and it will start flying and then it won't land again on anything until it reaches breeding age, which can be two to three years. So it won't touch anything for two to three years and it will go to Africa and back, Africa and back, Africa and back and it will eat, it will drink, it will sleep, it will bathe, it will eventually mate all while flying. And that is why the swift is bird 2.0 and is my favourite animal. That's a pretty cool answer. It it makes mine sound well boring. (laughs) I have a lot of time to think about these things. (laughs) (laughs) A pre-prepared monologue. Um, Me... Uh, it's not as perhaps impassioned and romantic, with the, <laughs> you know. I do love pangolins, but it's it's more from a almost like a soft spot side. I fully get everything Jack's saying. The swift is a pretty ultimate animal. I mean, it's taken what it's doing to the absolute extreme. <laughs> Whereas pangolins, when they get scared, curl up in a ball. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're the same. <laughs> and are now the most trafficked animal on the planet, with more pangolins being persecuted than elephants, rhinos, and tigers put together. Mm. So. Jack's answer is, this is speed. This is what it is to live. This is what it is is, to exist as a bird. This is a pretty useless animal. And mine is, look at it. (laughs) It just needs help. (laughs) I also, though, really love frogs. I've got a lot of time for frogs. I like the weird and the wonderful in general. And I think frogs get overlooked a lot by people. And again, at the moment, there's a thing called chytrid fungus, which is a disease which is killing frogs faster than the dinosaurs went extinct. So we're losing frogs at 
a ridiculous rate at the moment. So again, I'm here for a, you know, I'm a sucker for an underdog. Yeah. <laughs> like the sob story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the X Factor. Yeah, yeah. But frogs, I love. They're so colourful. They're so bright. They're so different. But also, when you see the ones we have in the UK, there's an element of gormlessness to a frog, <laughs> yeah. which I really like because they never seem to go where they were intending to go. <laughs> if you watch a frog, it will be looking one way and then it will hop and they have no control, it seems, over what direction the hop goes. They just sort of spring and are happy. And then they're there. And then they're there. And then they have to work out from scratch again <laughs> which direction <laughs> they'll move from that point. Exactly. So, have you ever had a frog scream at you? No. Oh. What, what were you doing to it? I, well, <laughs> Tattooing it. I was mowing the lawn for my parents. Oh. It's not as horrible as you think it's going to be. And I spotted it before I got to it. So I went to pick it up to move it out of the way and save him. And I didn't know frogs could scream until he fully kicked off at me and scared the shit out of me. <laughs> That's such a handbrake turn of a story. <laughs> Have you ever heard a frog scream? No, tell us the story. Well, I was mowing the lawn, <laughs> and then I stopped mowing the lawn and went and picked up the frog. I, yeah. I would prefer to rescue one. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, what's your favourite animal then? What, when people ask uh, you this question, so what I've is really your struggled to like narrow this one down, but I keep coming back to the binturong. They are also known as cat bears if mm, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And one of the coolest things about them is the fact that they smell like popcorn, which makes me so happy. And they're just really chilled, sweet, lumbering little cuties. How big are we talking? They're quite large. Yeah, long, they're kind they? of... I've actually seen one recently in captivity. So are they are about the size of golden retriever, but with a what? really long prehensile tail. Are they as tall? They're, they're a bit shorter. They kind of look a little bit like a plain brown red panda, okay. but bigger. And whereabouts, whereabouts do we find them? I'm Interrom? pretty sure they're Asian. Aren't Southeast they? Asia. Yeah. I don't want to completely say that Lou has just burst my bubble. No. <laughs> <laughs> when Jack and I were last recording, I said, someone has sent in an animal for the animal fights. No, not Binturong. Which I said to Jack, <laughs> I was so blown away by this suggestion because in no way is that, that is such an obscure animal. And I said, if you listed every animal you knew in your head, I doubt in the top 500 you'd hit. Like I know about really? binturongs, oh I know every, but I don't think they'd, they'd come to mind at all. Oh, so it just so favorites. happens that I've done some looking You've into binturongs. <laughs> yeah. And then are we going to answer it's the question? meant to be. And then are we going from that straight into how many we could fight? All right. So oh, they God. do smell like buttered popcorn, mm -hmm. long and heavy, short, stout legs. So, I mean, Lou's done a it's lot me. of this already. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically me. And they weigh, honestly, Lou covered, Lou covered most of it. No. I was just so, <laughs> Sorry, I so blown away. <laughs> <laughs> so blown away by mentioning the binturong. So, Lou, how many binturong could you fight? I've had to do pangolins. I guess yeah, at some point you're going to have to do swifts. I actually think, because I like them so much, I wouldn't be able to put up much no. of a fight. I would just... I would roll over and just have a cuddle or let that, it chew me a not, bit. That, no, the scenario, that's that's not how the scenario plays, Lou. This <sighs> okay, is a fight to, to the, the death. death. Oh, I've got to get really violent. Okay. I'm also just going to share with you two facts which I do have about binturongs that we don't have. One, they're not very nimble. No. So upper hand there They're already. great up a tree, but on, on the ground, on the, on the fist flat. to fist. Yeah, okay, great. And second thing, they initially respond to threats by urinating or defecating on them. So... <laughs> When spooked, they wet themselves. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not scared. Yeah, it smells like popcorn pisses itself. So, <laughs> how many of those are you taking? And the bar is low here. So, I, I would guess that the only way 
it could really overwhelm you. And like to get to the point of death is to claw you mm. and nibble you so much that you die slowly yeah. mm. from blood loss. Yeah. Or you'd have to pile so many of them on top of yourself that you'd be crushed alive. <laughs> you'd be crushed or overheat. So we either have to figure out like the minimum number that could scratch you to death or the minimum number it would take to like crush you with binturongs. So are we, are we in the hundreds? <sighs> Why? We can't not. They're 30 um, kilos, so we can really put some stats to okay, this. So okay. 100 binturongs is going to be 3,000 kilos. That's three tonnes of binturong. <laughs> so you're definitely getting crushed to death sub 100 yeah, binturongs. They don't need yeah. any uh, offence whatsoever. They just need the pure weight. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the first one where the animal has been deemed so pathetic. <laughs> All it has to do is exist. <laughs> All it has to do is just exist in enough number to smother you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do what do they eat? They must. I mean, they're right. They gotta have claws. They gotta have teeth. Fruit and leaves. Oh, it's fruit. So it's not even. Of... I thought they might be one of those things that like dig out invertebrates. Or... No, I think they do, they're just sort of general <laughs> omnivorous tree animal. I think it's kind of whatever falls in their mouth, <laughs> <laughs> but not to not alarms them at yeah. all. Corkboard, spare tires, just whatever sort of go in none of the chomp. Okay, and terrain-wise, where do you want to fight the binturong? Because if they climb, you want to make sure they're on the floor. Mm. Maybe you could, like, split the odds and have it on one of those, like, gladiator-type balance beams. And you have to fight it with the, like... Had end. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah. Cotton bud. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like so, in gladiators. Yeah. This is great. Doing a binter. So you're balancing on one of those beams you've got the massive gladiator cotton buds and the the bintrongs are being forced along the beam <laughs> towards you In, one, so it's one by one uh, and you can just swat them off left yeah. right and centre yeah but Problem they've got they, extra special balance because they've got prehensile tails uh, so they w- it would be even in the playing field at this point and if you fell off then you're going to be below where the binturongs are, so then they're going to rain down on you, yeah. and then it's death you're by... You're in the pit of binturongs. Death by a thousand binturongs. Yeah, all the binturongs you've knocked off before you've fallen in yeah. are there to seek their revenge. Mm. I'm going to put myself... Having done the binturong maths, I think we should each pick a number here. I'm going to go for 50, because that's one and a half tonnes of binturong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really backing this up with. <laughs> I'm going to go lower. I've still not quite got how I'm defeating each individual Binturong yet. I think they're still quite big, still quite stocky. I'm going to say about 25. Uh-huh. Ooh. I think if one got you're, enough manoeuvrability on you... You're going to do better could get on to this. the neck, yeah. go straight for the jugular, because they've still got good-sized teeth, mm-hmm. so they can crack nuts, and mm-hmm. they've got canines, and... I'd say... I think you're going to do better on the balance beam as well because you've got a lower centre of gravity than Jack Ooh. and I. We get wobbled once and we're going. Oh, OK. So, so we do, we're going for the balance beam challenge. The balance beam, Ooh. cotton bud. It's a high-risk strategy. OK, OK. I reckon I'd personally only make it about three binturongs because <laughs> I don't... I may be sure and have a lower centre of gravity, but my balance is not that good. There we go. Three... Three binturongs. It's a low bar. 25, 50. <laughs> Very clearly, our own self belief in us. <laughs> <laughs> Measured in Pinterest. <laughs> I've got a question here from David, and David asks What animal would you be the most and least shocked to find out are actually an alien race? Oh. Okay. Least shocked. I'm in the sea. 
Yep, mm. I'm in the deep sea. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Home of the weird. <laughs> Nature's mistake book. <laughs> well, just hide it down the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> hide it in the Mariana Trench and pretend it's not there. Just stick it down there, turn the lights off, <laughs> leave it be. Don't tell anyone up here that's there. It's the things that aren't fish, yep. that don't recognisably look like fish. Yep. It's all those weird little things with long filaments, is the word that's coming to my uh. mind, that glow. That's where I've gone. Ah, uh, the, the kind of avatar... Yeah. An avatar the, with the Blue People movie. Yeah. And then when they're going through the forest, there's like floaty, <laughs> yeah. light up jellyfish things. That but in the sea. That but in the sea. So, so that's where I've gone. I was also in the sea. Uh-huh. I had octopus because they are bizarre. You know, they can change the texture of their skin, they can change colour, they're weirdly smart. Like, for how yeah. short a lifespan they have as well, yeah. definitely. I mean, they they work with tools and things yeah. as well, yeah. which is yeah. incredible. I, I probably would have gone for octopus yeah. as well. Yeah, octopus could Yeah. Yeah. They've actually... So octopus and cuttlefish have been... I saw that they were called the most alien things on Earth mm. by some octopus researcher person who's going to know far more than I on them. It's but always going to be, like, something from the deep sea or something in the insect world, like, insect. for sure. Okay. Like, I'm yeah. glad you said that, because next on my list was ants. Oh, ants it's the aliens. hive mind sort of yeah. thing that... I, there's yeah. nothing that I'm, like, actively scared of hmm. in the animal world, but ants do kind of freak me out a little bit. It's the way they move so fluidly together, and I've been bitten too many times now. <laughs> So I'm a bit wary of them. <laughs> Too many tropical ant bites <laughs> for my liking. Yeah, ants are a good one. It is, it's that separate individual entities working as one to achieve what they manage to achieve. Yeah, and the communication is purely like chemical yes. and physical. It's si- so like far signals. removed from what we, what we remotely... That's what makes it feel so alien, really, yeah. but it's, it's fascinating. That's a good one. I would be tempted to pick something hermaphroditic because if it came from outer space it wouldn't need another of its species to reproduce and it could then effectively just populate the earth from just one (laughs) I got an ooh in unison I like it (laughs) that's good that's very alien so like slugs. Slugs. Yeah. So slugs could be alien. You see yeah. slugs when they mate and they like hang from the... Yeah, the corkscrew sort of got a, genitalia. Yeah. yeah. The genitalia comes out the side of their head. Yeah. yeah. So they like form these mucus... Think Spider-Man hanging upside down and kissing Mary Jane. It's like that. <laughs> but both of them are doing it, hanging from a, a mucusy thread. Gooey corkscrew. <laughs> and then some genitalia comes out the side of their head and then suddenly turns into a massive parasol. And then they exchange different genetic information, but they are both hermaphrodites, so they're kind of fertilising each other. That's pretty alien. <laughs> Slugs from outer space is also... I can see them Believable. crashing to Earth on a meteorite. Very body snatches. Yeah. OK, for most surprised, I think I've got it. It's bold. <laughs> <laughs> well, for least surprised, we've gone down like the weird and wonderful and everything. For most surprised, I'm thinking if someone, if someone said to you slugs are aliens you'd be like yeah I get that <laughs> ostriches <laughs> if someone said to me ostriches were aliens I'd be like I'm sorry what that that made it here like they are gormless to the point of inhibiting <laughs> imagine it piloting a spacecraft exactly. and travelling light years yeah if, if if it turned out that ostriches were a super advanced intergalactic empire <laughs> That would blow my mind if they... Because then their brain's smaller than their eyeball. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, come off it. That's that's <laughs> not. <laughs> maybe it's not a brain though. Maybe it's just a highly powered computer chip. <laughs> Ostriches have been sent by the aliens. Yeah. yeah, I know how we infiltrate their species. That's why the eyes so big. It's just a camera. Yeah, <laughs> it's just watching what we're doing. Well, I was thinking old animals in terms of like, you know, animals that would have crash landed on Earth thousands of years ago and then stayed unchanged Ooh. like crocodiles coelacanths coelacanths yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm tempted to go for an extinct one like the Tasmanian tiger because it doesn't quite fit in mm. to other places so am I right thinking it was a marsupial mm-hmm. was it marsupial yeah, it was yeah. The biggest marsupial yeah well, biggest carnivorous marsupial carnivorous. I mean before yeah because there were kangaroos the size of the houses or whatever <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> before we turned up yeah ruined um, the party for everyone yeah um <laughs> So are we set that ostrich is the most surprising? I think so. Yeah, right. I'd go with that. And then at the other end, we've got ants, octopus, slugs. Yeah. Yeah. It's much easier to come up with least surprising. Because you just think of really wacky out there things. The weird things, yeah. The fish in the bottom of the ocean that are just arseholes with teeth. <laughs> They're yeah. on that list. They are aliens. Yeah. 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 If we could extend this as far as fungi as well, it would. Ooh. you'd get into a whole new It's realm. a nature podcast. It's not just an animal ah, podcast. Yes. Okay, okay. I'll... I was, I, I'll take that here we go yeah the parasitic fungi yes. that's very like i don't know if you've seen stranger things it's very mm. stranger things like the you know the kind of whatever it slime is slime molds slime molds yes. and all that sort of stuff that's like sentient moving yeah glub that's, yeah. that's good fungi is a really good one yeah. yeah i like fungi quite a lot like and talking about the whole like insects thing obviously mm. there's the the fungus that it's takes parasitic yeah mm-hmm. takes over insect bodies and and it feels reproduces. like it feels like that's been laying dormant in the earth yeah I mean, that movie starts with a team of miners in <laughs> siberia <laughs> deep under the ground it's it, 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 it it's it's a blank screen and then it's an aerial shot over ice <laughs> and then there's a team of miners and then they're like tough oh, vodka 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 and they just, you know, they've got like tattoos of pin-up girls on them and all the rest and then all the equipment is like old soviet stuff uh-huh. and then they put the pickaxe through the floor and the floor of the tunnel caves in and then it drops down to this weird space and then in the corner the gloopy alien goo mm. starts creeping out of the hole it's just toadstools and then, <laughs> yeah. far as the eye can see <laughs> arctic toadstools it's the mothership yeah. <laughs> revenge of the arctic toadstool and then you know humanity and then there's like a crack team of scientists involved there's one guy who quit the game but just gets dragged back in, <laughs> you know, and then they discover... It's personal for him. Exactly, yeah. His mother was killed by a toadstool. Yeah. <laughs> she, <laughs> she, got, she got that parasitic one and was forced to climb really, really, really high, high up a tree before it burst out. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think the question was phrased animal, but as a nature podcast, I think the best answer is fungi. Mm. Cool. I'm taking that win. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And thank you, Lou, for joining us today. Mm. It's been absolutely wonderful having you with us. And this isn't goodbye. This is au revoir. It's been really, really fun and just an absolute pleasure to get to talk to all yeah. about all this stuff to you. It's been really fun. No, it's been, it's been great. And because we recorded so much, you'll be hearing more from Lou next week. We hope you will come back then. Do what you always do. Send us questions, like it, share it, review it, all the good stuff. But thank you very much for listening, and we'll be back again next week. Thank you, everyone. Cheers. Bye-bye.